Hi, everyone. It's Lou Rosenfeld. I'm here with Steve Sanderson. Hey, Steve. Hi. It's good to see you, Lou. And it's good to hear you. Steve and I are um, part of this uh, big enterprise UX conference that's uh, happening in San Antonio in May. Um, and uh, Steve's at Rackspace, which is one of the co-hosts and organizers of the conference, along with Rosenfeld Media. And uh, Steve's title, is a, he was telling me, is was sort of a, a joke when it was first assigned, but maybe not so much anymore. Resident Lean Startup Expert. How do you feel about that title, Steve? <laughs> um, I like it. It uh, um, certainly makes it clear what I'm trying to do. Uh, so it's effective if a little tongue-in-cheek. And uh, it's hard to, to, to see Rackspace as a, a startup, but obviously that, that whole startup move, uh, lean startup movement is, is just having such a, an impact in so many different places uh, beyond startups. And one of the, the big reasons is that um, you know, there's, there's so much to learn from that context as we try to build in the ability to change and tweak and tune and ultimately experiment in other settings like the enterprise. And right. actually, that's what Steve's going to be doing with us uh, at the conference. He is the one of the four theme leaders. Uh, the themes are, are kind of like mini conferences. And uh, enterprise experimentation is Steve's theme. And he's got three people who are going to be presenting on it. He's basically working with them, uh, helping shape their presentations into a coherent whole. And he'll be emceeing and moderating uh, at the conference itself when they're up on stage. Uh, the three people are just a, a great lineup. Uh, Alyssa Briggs, who uh, is formerly at Intuit, um, she, her, the name of her talk is How to Coach Enterprise Experimentation. She's now with Brigade. Uh, a guy named Bill Scott, you might have heard of him, is a VP for uh, Business Engineering at PayPal and uh, author of Designing Web Interfaces and O'Reilly Title. And uh, another guy um, uh, that's a uh, that's uh, certainly um, uh, well-known, uh, Jeff Gothelf, who will be presenting on Innovation Studios. And, and Jeff's at NEO, where he's a principal and author of, uh, with uh, Josh Seiden, the Lean UX book, also uh, an O'Reilly book. You know, this, it's an interesting mix of people. Um, what's the sort of unifying theme that pulls them together, Steve? I, I think the underlying theme is that um, experimentation is the... Um, strongest tool in a in a tool set on how to drive innovation inside of enterprises right now that um, are getting a lot of focus and um, really applicable in lots of different contexts um, whether it's you know small scale large scale whether it's diffused throughout the enterprise or whether it's just a dedicated you know tiger team if you will that people are using experimentation as a way to to really up the bar for learning. Um, and understanding true impact, but uh, you know, I guess the, the the question would be why why do we have to make a big deal of experimentation specifically? Aren't organizations uh, doing this in one way or another, or are they just sort of doing it unconsciously or not at all? I constantly have the conversation with people about why to do experimentation and and why to do this kind of thinking, and um, one of the best sort of uh, glib responses I've heard is. Um, or glib pitches is, you're running an experiment regardless. What you're doing is going to have an impact, and you'll measure it. Do you want to learn quicker in a controlled environment and be able to react to it, or do you want to have it happen later in an uncontrolled manner 
and take you down. So experimentation gives everybody the opportunity to do that learning in a manner that gives them the chance to adapt and respond um, versus finding out, you know, the day you come to work and the, the lights are off or the team has been canceled. So, you know, it sounds like part of it is doing it with more rigor uh, and to actually adopt scientific method. Uh, is that part of what you're um, normally talking about when you're uh, uh, working with people to understand the value of experimentation or are there other kind of unifying approaches or metaphors that you use? Yeah, I think, um, I think the scientific method as a metaphor and as a literal source for um, uh, understanding and guidance um, is absolutely spot on. Everybody that um, I've dealt with almost universally, um, and I'm sure the case is for Alyssa, Jeff, and Bill, um, find that when you can frame the work as the scientific method, that um, we immediately sort of get some affordances from that metaphor that, that, that people generally like. Um, they understand it. They see how it can work. Um, then it becomes a problem of uh, uh, almost of optimizing their understanding how would you possibly use a scientific method in something as squishy as business, as squishy as user experience, as squishy as, you know, learning from people that I can't even talk to? Mm -hmm. uh, and so, um, so, so then it becomes a, a case of, of bridging the gap for a lot of people and, and, and helping them operationalize it for their own particular manner. So is that really the challenge to, to getting uh, experimentation uh, bought in in the enterprise level? It, it's not so much that people, uh, decision makers are, are, are not interested, are they, but maybe they're just sort of feeling pessimistic about the, the approach's value in a setting where, yes, you, you don't even know uh, who's out there that might either be impacted by your experiment or might really be necessary to participate in your experiment. It's a, that's a great that's a great point. There are a lot of facets about bringing experimentation in that um, move it from sounding simple and sort of elegant in its simplicity to um, to unfortunately unpacking a lot of challenges. Um, as I said, I think people understand the metaphor, um, the analogy with the scientific method, and and can and pretty quickly can buy into that. Um, as we begin to unpack it for folks in the enterprise. They realize it starts to ask questions that um, either, you know, on the one end can invigorate and excite people or on the other end can be um, maybe intimidating or challenging. And examples of that include um, holding people accountable for really understanding who their customers are. Um, that's a surprising challenge for a lot of people in that they tend to think of their customers as an as a amorphous blob of people out there as opposed to really understanding, you know, whether you call it customer segmentation or personas or, you know, your preferred model, um, really understanding them well enough to make some reasoned, um, reasoned hypotheses. And so then there's the whole process of actually forming a hypothesis, forming it in a manner that can be tested. That's, um, that's generally people agree to it, but they find it to be a challenging task. Um, and then there's the unfortunate challenge I think that you know we all can have um, is that is that we might find results that we don't like and uh, you know I would love to be someone who says that they uh, always 100% of the time appreciate being wrong um, but I, I don't know many of those people um, I think for for reality is there's a real cultural and a personal aspect to this which is when you learn these things that might challenge some you know um, firmly held beliefs 
we're really asking people at a fork in the road, do you want to become somebody that steps up at, you know, at a different level or a different angle and says, I'm willing to be wrong and more willing to drive the big picture? Or, um, you know, do you want to hold stronger and harder to your belief even if the data starts to say it's irrational? Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's an interesting challenge both for a group, for an organization, and for an individual. So uh, it's hard. Do you find then that you kind of have to start at a more tangible level, almost at the uh, micro level, in order to, to kind of make this feel real or tangible or even relevant for people? So in other words, uh, maybe, um, you know, you're looking to help people in the enterprise environment start by experimenting with UI changes uh, before they work their way up to, to uh, understanding how organizations change. Sure. Yes, um, that I think is one of one of the um, strategies for adoption. Is um, there is a tension between um, you know, as somebody that's you know cast my lot in with the the lean startup perspective for a while, there's always um, a drive there to say, well, do an experiment that's going to prove uh, greatly impactful that moves the needle forward as quickly as possible. Um, but the needle that needs to be moved sometimes is not you know, a business metric or usability metric or what have you, it might be adoption internally. It might be, a, you know, organic adoption within, within a team or a company. And so sometimes it might be a use to sacrifice, you know, the pure intent of testing some, you know, key business hypothesis to run a small experiment to prove something at, you know, that's almost inconsequential of business but is going to convince people that it's valuable. And so I, I've helped folks and um, I see that trend where, it can be useful to pick an experiment that um, isn't particularly challenging, but is likely to at least give people some surprises when they run the experiment and walk them through the process um, and then help them get some delight about the, the discovery that they didn't expect. And, and that sets them up in a better place to try that at, a, at a, you know, maybe a more risky place. Well, one thing that uh, makes me happy to think about is that at the, on the program, and this is outside of your theme, we've, we've kind of got the to some degree, that micro level um, handled by uh, people like Uday Gajandar and David Cronin, who are going to be talking about craft in, in an enterprise context. And then at the more macro organizational learning and change and, uh, you know, that, that sort of broader level, uh, Dave Gray's uh, a closing keynote, I think, will really um, uh, be quite relevant. Um, but let's talk about the three people that uh, you're working with uh, for this theme and how uh, their, their different perspectives are going to knit together. Sure. So um, in no particular order, um, as you mentioned, Alyssa was at Intuit, now she's at Brigade, and she has a, um, a history and, and depth about how do you bring this mindset, this frame of uh, perspective, this operational excellence of experimentation and, and you know, sort of rigorous innovation, data-informed innovation, how do you bring that to a whole organization? How do you make that, um, and these are my words, so uh, um, hopefully she'll agree with them, but uh, um, how do you make that the right and responsibility of, of, uh, of many, many people in the organization so that it's, it really becomes a competence that's spread out for the organization? And I think that the, that as an end game is a huge potential. Um, if we get to that point, I think we'll see a transformation of how management is done will start to disrupt management in a way that um, leads us to some some great places. So I'm I'm really excited to hear what she has to say about that. If you look at it at um, sort of in the 
in, in, in the middle ground here, Jeff has got a very interesting perspective about how do you bring, um, how do you bring an engine of innovation into, um, uh, into big companies? How do you take a company who, you know, by any respect, is really optimized and intent on, on driving success against their current business model, and so much of that depends upon the belief that they know everything they need to know in order to keep running. And come in instead and say, well, you, you might not know important things about your customers, about your business, um, about, about all aspects of um, the experience that you need to learn from. And how do we create a, uh, an area of competence, an engine, that can actually do this kind of work in a rigorous manner. And so creating those sort of innovation studios are, is a, a lofty challenge. And I think, you know, he's out there trying to do that across a number of different companies. And then lastly, we've got Bill, who um, has some great credentials of, you know, in some amazing places, Netflix and PayPal. And what he's doing is uh, um, he, in some ways, has the dream, the dream setup. He comes in and he's um, has a vision for how it should be done, and he builds the organization and adapts the organization that that works underneath him to have that competency and to operate that way. And it's a a long and challenging mission, um, you know, meeting people where they're at and helping them to advance. He's got that buy-in, and um, he's got that authority and responsibility um, to to make this 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 large group of folks that work for him incredibly excellent at doing that. So. Well, the, the four of you are really going to come at this theme of enterprise experimentation from some fascinating directions, and uh, I'm just smiling. Uh, you can't hear that, but I really am, because I think this is just going to come together really quite nicely, and uh, I really appreciate your uh, helping us out to, to put that together uh, at Enterprise UX. Again, it'll be in San Antonio, May 13th through 15th, and uh, it's also going to be at a really cool place. At least the main program will be at the Rackspace headquarters, uh, where Steve spends a lot of his time. Uh, how would you describe that place in one word, Steve? I'm going to take two words: quirkily innovative. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's it's uh, to, to those of you who don't know, it's a, a former uh, mall from the 1980s that was was basically a, abandoned and Rackspace took it over and has uh, over I think 4,000 people working there now yeah. and uh, I think the space that is uh, the conference at center is uh, what a former JC Penney's or, or something like that. yeah it is and it, and, and it you'll see when you get there that the the themes and even the architecture is derived from the fact that it used to be a mall and there's some incredible workspaces there's some uh, uh, you know, sort of very tongue-in-cheek naming. Um, and so, you know, you, you have conference rooms with names like, you know, Sunglass Hut. So uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a, a great space to be in. So who says malls are dead? Yes. So, well, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it again. Uh, great to talk with you today. And uh, we will see you in San Antonio in May. Thanks again. You're welcome. <laughs>